Hi, this is Derek from Atlanta. Unlike Bob, I am a former law enforcement officer, but I still enjoy listening to a practical show by a practical guy. You're listening to the Handgun World Podcast. Odin was a warrior from the land of the midnight sun with a Thompson gun for hire fighting to be done The deal was made in Denmark on a dark and stormy day So he set out for Biafra to join the bloody fray Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 502 to be exact. This is a practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me. So this is the second episode in a series of common sense survivalism and no tinfoil hat preparedness. I promised I would do this, uh, obviously, for the situation because of the coronavirus pandemic that we all find ourselves in that maybe some of us were not as prepared for as we wanted to be. Uh, This episode is coming out on Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to everybody. Uh, To all my Christian friends out there, happy Easter. He is risen. And so I'm I'm recording this on the day before Easter, but it's going to be released. I like to release shows on Sunday so that uh, people can get their week started off or finish up their weekend uh, on a positive note with, with a good learning experience. And that is hopefully listening to my show. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. Like, I'm not one of those uh, fringe dwellers, one of those, you know, doomsday preppers that people kind of put a put a label on. Although, you know what, because of this, um, because of this uh, pandemic and, and people finding themselves very unprepared, I have a suspicion that people who are into preparedness are not going to be looked at too much anymore as a bunch of nutty people. I think hopefully now there's going to be a greater awareness of it. And even since I stopped doing today's survival show back in 2017, it has not stopped me from staying prepared. Although I got caught basically uh, not being as prepared as I wanted to be. So I'm going to fix that and I'm going to talk about some of that stuff in the next three or four episodes. Remember, this show is sponsored by Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic holsters. If you're a new gun owner, you need to have a good holster for your gun. Go to concealmentsolutions.com. Check them out if you have any questions about those holsters. I know them very well. I have been using them for a long time. Uh, They are a sponsor. Also, Jason Christensen, the owner, is very responsive to questions. He offers fantastic customer service. So check them out, concealmentsolutions.com, and you get a 10% discount by using one simple coupon code. And that coupon code is HANDGUNWORLD. So 10% discount at checkout. Also, um, wanted to say something about Facebook. A lot of you follow me on Facebook. You can find this show uh, page, Handgun World Podcast. Be careful when you get on Facebook. I found out there's a Facebook group called Handgun World. And I think somebody copied me. Somebody ripped me off or something like that. Because a couple of years ago, it looks like this page was created. So, I'm talking to you. I'm the real Handgun World. And uh, check out my real page at Handgun World Podcast. You got to go to the Handgun World Podcast page instead of the Facebook group called Handgun World. That doesn't have anything to do. It's not associated with my show in any way. On Twitter, 
I'm at Handgun World, and um, check me out both of those places, and I always put information up there about all my shows. And if you want to ask a question, that's a good way to ask a question, or you can email me, handgunworld at gmail.com, handgunworldgmail.com, or you can call in. I have a voicemail inbox, 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. I'd love to be able to put you on the show. So, my my motto, basically, for survival is do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Teddy Roosevelt said that many, many, many years ago. And I, I think it's very applicable to what we're facing today. And actually, common sense preparedness. Do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Maybe you might not have a lot, but there's a lot that you can do with what you already have. And when you take an inventory of what you already have, then you can see what it is that you need to do and what your areas of improvement need to be. So I want to talk, starting off, I want to talk a little bit about the mental health survival of, uh, of a pandemic. I found a good article. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. So um, some of this information is my own. Some of it I'm going to share with you from, from another source, from Chris Palmer, Chris Palmer, MD, and you can find his... Um, you can find his article. I'm going to link to it in the show notes right down below the listing for this podcast. So check it out. Uh, Dr. Palmer put out some very, very good information. He starts with talking about fear. And, you know, I want to talk about controlling what you can control. I think it's important that you realize what can you control. You can't control the pandemic. I mean, our government and the world government seem to be having a difficult time controlling the pandemic. Eventually, we're going to get, we're probably going to get a hold on it, of course, but it's going to take a little while. So what can you control? What can you do? I think it's very important to differentiate between those those two because I think you can get very frustrated if you try to control things that you can't do anything about. First and foremost, you and your family. That's who you can control. You can you can get yourself mentally ready, you can get yourself financially ready, and you can get yourself ready with products like food, like water, like improving improving your resources when you're at home since we're in a quarantine situation right now. And you know, in some countries the quarantine is is worth. My wife it's worse, excuse me. My wife's from the Philippines. Um and uh, she and my two stepsons have been here now uh, a year. We got married in March 2019. But she's still got family back in the Philippines, and th- their quarantine situation is a lot worse. Um, it's basically only one member of the household is allowed to be out at one time. So in a lot of countries, it's that way. And uh, so, you know, think about that. We, we, we still have it fairly good here in America. But let's talk, about, let's talk about the mental aspect of it first. I want to start off with fear. The coronavirus fear. I mean, our world has changed big time. There's no doubt about it. And maybe some of you know somebody who's been affected by coronavirus. I hope you have not. But if you have, um, and you're listening to this, you're obviously one of the survivors. By the way, there are mar- much more survivors, many more survivors to the coronavirus than there are people who don't survive. So I want, I want you to mentally wrap your brain around this. Uh, this is a very survivable condition that you get. I mean, you just have to look at the numbers 
Unfortunately, the media and the politicians don't talk about how many people have recovered from the virus. I wish they would do that. You know, we've tested a certain amount of people now. Uh, why don't they talk about how many we tested and how many have recovered and survived? I think that kind of positive message and positive um, reporting would do America a lot of good right now. Don't you agree? There's so much negative. And this is one of the things I think you have to you have to control what kind of negativity you read in the news, that you watch on TV, that you watch other people on social media put out there. It's very survivable. This is a, I'm not for everybody. Yes, I mean, we've had, what, almost 11,000 people pass away, according to the numbers. That's horrible. That's horrible. Um, and, you know, I don't want to see anyone lose their life over something like this because it's it's not their fault. And so I think it's kind of, it's, it is horrific that, that 11,000 people have lost their lives from this. So that's definitely a tragedy, and you guys know I'm a man of faith, and I'm a Christian, and you know, today is, uh, today's Easter Sunday as this is being released, so it's the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is actually the good news that all Christians believe in. Unfortunately, the bad news is some people have, have passed on, and, and I hope that their faith was the same as mine, and, and they are with the resurrected Lord right now. Even if you don't share my faith, though, I don't want you to discount this program. I just think you need to know who I am, and that's why I talk about it. But that's okay. Uh, if, if, if you don't believe in, in, a, in a religion right now, or that's just not your, your cup of tea, keep on listening. Carry on with this show, because I got some things that I want to share with you. So I'm not making light by any means of the number of people who have passed away. I think it's a tragic situation. But why not report how many people have survived? Because I think the what? The case fatality rate is something like between 2 and 3%. So if the case fatality rate is around 2 to 3%, then that means we have a 97 to 98% recovery rate, right? Doesn't it? Or we still have some people, it's yet to be determined whether they're going to recover. Um, so, you know, they've been counted as a coronavirus case. But it, the, the stats are pretty much showing that most people, uh, a large majority of the people, survive um, this disease. So remember that and think of the positive things. And that's going to help your mental health survival through this. I really think it does. I, I've always been a positive person. It's not that I ignore things that make me afraid because I think a little bit of amount of fear is good. Don't you? I think you have to have some type of fear. Otherwise, you, you wouldn't decide to engage in some common sense preparedness. Many of us financially, uh, many of us, we, we've lost our jobs, so that adds to mental stress. Uh, thank God, fortunately, I have not lost my job, so I'm still getting a paycheck. It's not much, not what I'm used to, but I'm getting a paycheck at least. And so my, my, my heart's out to all of you who have lost your jobs because that's a very very difficult situation and we had so much good employment going on before the pandemic uh, one of the things you know I was recently a guest on Glenn Tate's Prepper 2.0 podcast he had me on that show and I'm going to link to that because I was on Prepper 2.0 with uh, with Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher and they they were asking me we had we did a little thing in their after show called called predictions for 2020 and so we answered some questions from their Patreon supporters. 
And one of the things I said is I think the, the, this pandemic, I think this is the beginning of our problems, unfortunately. A lot of people are going to think when this pandemic's over, when coronavirus is controlled, everybody's going to breathe a sigh of relief. A lot of people are going to do that. Oh, okay, fine. Whew, the disaster's behind us. We made it through that. Wait. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think the damage that's been caused by our nationwide shutdown, and we we had to do it to a certain extent, and, and I think at the time of this recording, we still need to be shut down. I don't disagree with the shut with the shutdown, but you got to you know you got to remember what kind of damage this is going to cause, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some other damages it's causing first, but. Think about it. I mean, I think we're going to see an increase in, in violence. I hope not, but I think we're going to. Because I, I, you know, I've always lived by a saying, desperate people do desperate things during desperate times. And I think we have some people that are going to be in a desperate situation. Now, most of the time, I believe, this is just my personal belief, if you differ with me, contact me in one of the many ways that I told you earlier in the episode, you could contact me. But I really, really believe that one of the reasons why people are are in a desperate situation is because they have not adequately prepared. They did not get ready for something like this because they were in a state of denial, thinking, well, it's never going to happen. Why should I prepare for it? And now, guess what? It happened. They think, well, it's never going to happen until it does. And then when it does, oh, no, I can't believe it. It's happened. Well, they weren't prepared. One big preparation is your finances. I guarantee you for the people that have three months worth of expenses stored in the bank, they've got three months saved up or more, I guarantee you that they are not as stressed out as other people. And, and I'm one of them. I, I have at least three months, more than three months worth of uh, expenses. I can, I can support my family for at least 90 days with if I had no income. And you need to really strongly consider getting yourself in that position if you're not. And I don't mean putting it all on credit cards for three months because then you're going to have a huge disaster at the end of that period when you have to try to pay all that stuff off. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about paying cash for three months. Now, some of you might say, well, I just don't have the income to do that, Bob. Start slowly. You know, most of you know I believe strongly in the Dave Ramsey program. Uh, it's a common fact that over 30% of Americans cannot cover a $1,200 um, emergency. Over 30% of Americans don't have at least a $1,200 emergency fund. Uh, I like to go beyond that because of my common sense prepper and mindset. I like to have $2,000 emergency fund minimum to start with. Okay? Now, don't rely just on the government. I mean, the government's sending out stimulus checks and spending $2 trillion and all that kind of stuff, which that's another disaster about to come, which I'm going to discuss. If not in this episode, I'll talk about it in the next one. But it reduces the stress. It reduces the stress. So, you know, if you can, once you get back to work, um, get a hard, a good hard plan to come up with an emergency fund and start slowly. Come up with the $1,000, then the $2,000, then a month's worth of expenses, then two months, then three months. And you and your family, your spouse, if you have one, or you and your family, sit down and talk about it. Talk about the sacrifices that you're going to make 
and what kind of discretionary spending you're going to spend and what you're not going to spend. It's common sense. I mean, this is not new revolutionary financial stuff, is it? Uh, it's basically what our grandparents used to do years ago. It's how they lived. And unfortunately, our society has taught people to not do that. And that's that's one of the really bad things, I think. So, so the fear. The fear is what, you know, what has a lot of people... Uh, in in tough times, people who who invest in the stock market, boy, that's you know the last um, two and a half months have been really tough on on them, including me. Um, but again, I don't just rely on that for I don't rely on that for uh, for my mental health. It's just it's something I'm planning for the future, and I know the market's going to come back. It's going to come back, and I don't. I don't plan on doing any kind of retiring probably for seven to nine years from now. So I think in seven to nine years, it's going to be, it's going to be at least back far enough to where I need it to be. Let's put it that way. I keep staying the course, and that's that's the best thing that you can do. I'm not a hundred percent exposed to the stock market anyway. My my money's not a hundred percent in the market. It's not even in a hundred percent in stock mutual funds. I, I'm not quite that exposed. So uh, that's something you might also want to think about is restructuring. I, I'm not giving I- investment advice. I'm not giving investment advice. You can talk to a professional investment counselor if you want. And be careful because some professional investment counselors have your best interest and some of them do not. A lot of this is common sense. And, um, you know, I've paid attention to where someone who's 58 years old like me should have their money invested because I'm going to be 65 in seven years. I'm going to be 67 in nine years. So, you know, I'm I'm planning on what's going to happen in the next seven to nine years. But if you're 32 years old looking uh, at your at your portfolio or looking at your life right now, your planning is going to be a lot different than mine, of course. So take that into consideration. So another thing I want to talk about is boredom and restlessness. And that's also in, um, in this uh, excellent article here I found by Dr. Palmer. Boredom and restlessness. Uh, you know, I'm, that's, that's hard on me right now. You know, because um, my, in my business, I travel. I, and I have to travel, usually 8 to 10 days a month. Now, of course, I'm not doing that right now during the lockdown that we have. But that's actually kind of a sense of... of you know, getting away and doing something different. And a lot of people who are in my situation, when they're not used to staying in their homes, they uh, they have that boredom and, and restless restlessness about them. He, he people are creatures of habit, and we have our routines. We like to stick to schedules and things like that. We're also social creatures. So even though this is giving us a good positive of spending some good quality time with our family. Let's look at the positive side of this. We're, we're able to spend some good quality time with our family. And you know what? Maybe some of you, when you spend quality time with your family, you're learning that there's some things in your family you got to work on, right? And maybe there's some interaction difficulties that, that you need to work on. So maybe this has been somewhat of a blessing in disguise here, is that people now know, even though they can, they can develop good memories and spend some time with their family because they're pretty much forced to do that, it's also unveiling, it's unraveling some issues and challenges that you have within your family. And some other positive things is, you know, this quarantine, this lockdown, it lets us accomplish things that maybe we um, haven't had a chance 
to do for a while. Uh, things around your home, projects around your home, taking care of maybe some elderly um, uh, parents or grandparents, um, you know, taking care of, of some pets and doing things for, for them and the, uh, and the uh, family and friends that you haven't had a chance to do that because of your work and because of your busy routine, you haven't had a chance. So think about it that way. So as we, as we try to prioritize what we want to do, uh, it, it can be kind of tough. It can be kind of stressful, but it can also be kind of beneficial at the same time. Uh, that that's the main point I want to make. And if you focus on the positives, if you focus on what are you learning from this, then I think that maybe that is going to help your your mental situation a lot lot more. Recently, I put a post on Facebook, and if you haven't followed me or didn't see it, I want to cover it with you. Uh, and it's called "What Are You Learning During This Crisis?" The, you know, this too is going to pass. This pandemic is going to pass, but I think all of us realize that we have to make some changes, right? So when this hit, where did you realize that you fell short? You know, did you lack the money to pay your rent, to pay living expenses, or put food on the table? Uh, did you realize that you didn't have a big enough emergency fund? Did you realize how to teach your kids schoolwork? Wow, that's one thing I was not prepared for. I put a post on Facebook also. It says one thing. One thing I was not prepared for during this disaster is becoming a school teacher. Didn't see that one coming. That one. Uh, that one hit me uh, right alongside the head, pretty hard. Um, you know, did you realize that there's more to do at home with your family than you thought? You know, maybe you learned that technology is is a useful tool. Maybe you learned more about technology. I have, I have, and how to use it. Um, Maybe you've realized healthcare workers, they're worth their weight in gold. Whew. Man, when I was recovering from cancer, uh, my stage four lymphoma and had my stem cell transplant and everything, I'm telling you what, the nurses, the CNAs, the, the doctors, the registered nurses, even the clinical um, counselors and things like that, absolutely fantastic people. Our healthcare workers are, are precious people. Let's, let's not forget them. And my hat is off to you. And, uh, and I recognize what you do. Um, did you realize that you need a gun? And you understand that your government and your police can't always protect you. A lot of new gun owners. And I think it's interesting with a lot of the new gun owners out there. Uh, a lot of people have realized just how difficult it is to buy a gun. A lot of the brand new gun owners who really have never decided to purchase a gun for self-defense, but now this, uh, this crisis and this pandemic has kind of woken them up. Hey, they've realized that they've been lied to a lot by the politicians and media. A lot of them realize that you can't just get online, order a gun, and have it shipped to your house. <laughs> that's, that's not possible. But, but yet a lot of politicians and idiots have been telling them that. A lot of people have experienced very long wait times to get their background check run or even very long wait times to be able to take the gun out of the store even after the background check has been done so a lot of people are are waiting so much longer than than they thought that they were going to have to just to just to exercise their their god-given second amendment right that's protected by the US constitution some of them cannot, some people cannot exercise that right right away to own a gun and be able to defend their family. I've heard of some delays of two to three weeks before they can get their gun because they've got to get their background check run. 
So all the baloney that a lot of politicians have been feeding them is just that. It's a bunch of garbage. And a lot of people are waking up and going and saying to themselves, hmm, it's just not that easy. You remember when President Obama said something like, I'm not quoting, but I'm kind of paraphrasing, something like it's easier to buy an AR-15 than to check out a book at the library? I think he said something stupid like that one time. Uh, Let me see here. Let me do a quick search. Okay, here it is. I found it. I found it. July 12, 2016. Then President Barack Obama said, here it is. Here's the quote. We flood communities with so many guns that it's easier for a teenager to buy a Glock than get his hands on a computer or even a book. Okay, so he didn't say AR-15s. But his point was, it's easier for a teenager to buy a Glock than to get his hands on a computer or even a book. You know, first of all, Mr. Former President, (laughs) a teenager cannot buy a Glock. I mean, give me an absolute break, would you please? No teenager can go and legally buy a Glock. Only way a teenager is going to be able to buy a Glock is to buy it off of some criminal, and then it's going to make the teenager buying a gun a a criminal as well. But see, that's that's the stupid propaganda. And and I'm not just picking on former President Obama. There's a lot of people that have been saying that garbage. So a lot of first-time gun owners are realizing, I have been fed a line of baloney. Maybe in this crisis you have also reconnected with friends and relatives that you haven't spoken to in a while. You know, that could be a positive, and <laughs> some people say, well, Bob, <laughs> it's too bad, because some of these people I didn't want to connect with. Well, you know, <laughs> work on that. Um, have you realized that America, or wherever you're from, is too dependent on other countries for everyday use items? I have. I've realized that. And I have international listeners from so many different countries, and they realize they realize that, hey, you know what? My country, we're too dependent on other countries. And I'll just leave those other countries' names. I'll leave them blank. But I think you know who it is we're talking about. Um, so what have you learned? And finally, have you learned that the Lord your God is bigger than all of this and that he wants your attention? Oh, think about that. Maybe God is using this to get our attention. So again, I'm trying to take the positive side, the positive acts, uh, attitude towards this, this crisis and sharing it with you. Okay, time to move into the next topic and get back to this, um, this excellent uh, article that Dr. Palmer put out. One of the things he said I really like here, it says, he says, most Americans, they've developed a bad habit of being addicted to our electronics, our smartphones and our screens. And a lot of people have trouble with free moments, even if it's just a few minutes. And it's hard for them to tolerate just being alone with their thoughts. So they pull out their smartphone, they launch into another world, a world that's constantly going, and a world that allows them to be connected all the time, which can sometimes be a bad thing. I mean, right now we can we can instantly see what's happening in everything. News, email, social media, stock market, everything. We don't want to miss anything, right? Here's the, here's the problem with that. This electronic world can suck people in and never let them out. In the end, it doesn't contribute much, if anything at all, to accomplishing your priority. 
like your job, your families, and friends. The electronic world is going to interfere with that, and we're getting sucked into it because, unfortunately, right now, you know, the kids can't go to school. We can't go to work, some of us, and um, it's, it's causing a lot of issues. Our smartphones don't really contribute that much. They can be a good tool. Uh, but but often they're just simply used to fill time and distract us. And what's going to happen is when people get addicted to that, um, they're going to turn to that when they when they shouldn't be. They should be doing something else. Another big risk is the health and awareness and the health and wellness. And this is something when I was on Glenn Tate's Prepper 2.0 show recently, predictions for the future. We were we were talking about some predictions for the future for 2020 because some of his uh, listeners. We're asking about that, and I was helping to answer some of those. And Dr. Palmer says one of the biggest risks is the health and wellness of Americans. Increased use of alcohol, other recreational drugs. Uh, this could this whole downturn could cause people to turn to that more. And unfortunately, I said earlier in the episode, desperate people do desperate things in desperate times. And this is something you got to watch out for. So this is why you need to keep yourself protected at all times as well. Some people might get worried, stressed in a lot of unbelievable ways, uh, and they go into panic. And panic usually doesn't do anybody any good. Loneliness is something else um, that this seems to be producing in a lot of people. Uh, especially if someone's single, but they got to be locked up right now. They got to be um, quarantined in their home. You know what are they going to do? So that that's another thing to to consider, and that can lead to depression and things like that. So so what can we do? What are some of the things that we can? Uh, and let's let's finish this on a positive note here. Some things that we can do. Um, and, and things that can probably help bring you back to to a sense of positive well-being. Now, I'll share with you something that I do. One thing I do is doing this podcast. It helps me a lot. And I want to put these out on a weekly basis again like I used to. And they usually release on Sunday, um, like this one is. If you've got some kind of a hobby, engage in it and do it regularly. And do a little bit each day. If I'm not actually doing a podcast, I'm thinking about what's my next episode and I'm doing some research and I'm looking some things up and getting educated on the topic for, for my next episode like I did this time. Whether it's guns, whether it's my f- five episode series here on common sense, no tinfoil hat survival, whatever it is. So that's even if you get out and take a walk, go for a jog, even if you're not used to jogging or you're not used to running, go out and give it a try or go out for a nice, for a good walk. Um, I still see around here, well, I'm in South Texas, so, you know, the quarantine is not quite as bad as in some states, but I see a lot of people, a lot more people out on the street right now engaging in exercise. Well, that can only be a good thing. So maybe there's a, and that's a preparation, folks. That's a common sense survival prep is to stay in good shape, reasonably good shape. At least have your cardiac health in reasonable good shape, right? Would you agree? That's important. That's important. That also improves your mental health as well. So let me finish this up by, this is the best part of this article by Dr. Palmer. This is absolutely the best. And this is what really, really caught my attention. And he says, in a, net, in a nutshell, here's what, here's what you need to start asking. You need to start asking yourself these big questions. Why are you alive? 
Who depends on you? Think about that. Who depends on you? And then who do you depend on? How do you help other people in your community? That's going to come back. If you pay it forward, folks, I really believe that's also a, a survival technique as well. Paying it forward. Helping other people. I'm a firm believer in that. Uh, that's my faith. And that's what, that's what my, my God teaches me to do. Help people as much as you can. It might even be just helping your family and some of your friends and your relatives. How do you take care of yourself? This, uh, this quarantine might be having a positive effect. Teaching people how to take care of themselves and how to better provide for their family. And what are you passionate about? I talked about that a little earlier. Like for me, uh, you guys know it's guns, it's preparedness, it's doing this podcast, it's putting up YouTube videos. I have a YouTube channel that I've had for many, many years, Handgun World Podcast. Matter of fact, my, um, my good friend and I, Ben Branham, we just recorded a COVID-19 survival video. Check that out. Go to Handgun World Podcast on YouTube. I'll put a link to those videos in the show notes here. And what do you love doing? Uh, if you ask, ask yourself those questions, it'll get you started. So check it all out. Check out my YouTube channel. Check out uh, Ben Branham and I also do Modern Handgunners, where we review guns. Um, and my, uh, my YouTube channel's got a lot of variety on it. Uh, check it out. I'd appreciate that if you would. And I hope you got some benefit from this episode. I got three more episodes I want to talk about common sense um, survivalism and things that it's been my experience, and I found myself, some of my preparations I've been kind of a little bit lacking, and I got caught short on some, and in the next episode, I'm going to talk about that. But for this episode, uh, give me some feedback, if you would, and also, if you feel like you're benefiting from this or any of my other episodes, please consider supporting me. Uh, it does take money to keep this thing going, and I need, I need your help to do that. It's been down a little bit lately. If you buy on Amazon, I have an Amazon store. Go to handgunworld.com, and then go to the handgunworld.com Amazon store. You'll see it when you go to handgunworld.com. That'll help me out. Uh, and you know what? Ben Branham and I have a great video membership program. During the quarantine, why not teach yourself how to practice with your gun? And you can learn a lot. Videos don't replace training. But what they do is teach you how to practice and what to practice. Even dry fire. Let me get a drink of water real quick. Excuse me. Even dry fire. We talk about that. We talk about what to do if you're a brand new gun owner. You can check us out at ShootersClubMembers.com. For only $8 a month, you can be a member there. $8 a month. That's not much. And you can immediately get access to about 85 videos and about 15 audio podcasts. You can save some money and sign up for $75 a year. So Amazon Store, that'll help support me. Shooters Club will help support me. Things like that. Uh, I could use your assistance because it does take money and it does take time to keep putting these podcasts out. With all that said, folks, I'm glad that I had a chance to talk to you today. And uh, remember... Remember, the theme here is to do what you can with what you have wherever you are. And that's just common sense. I'm Bob Main. You've listened to another episode of the Handgun World podcast and the second episode on Common Sense Survival Series, which is a total of five episodes long. Maybe more later, depending on how kind of, uh, what kind of feedback I get on this. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, remember evil does not exist in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women. So, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.